Sub Freaks, your boy Marty here sitting on the back deck about 4.30 p.m. where I am. It's a beautiful day out here. It's had a beautiful rip. Rip 210, a rabbit hole recap. Matt was in an undisclosed location with a beautiful mountain behind him. If you're listening to this on Spotify and you're watching it or YouTube, wherever, you're going to get a good view, right? If you go to Unchained Capital, you're going to get impeccable service in terms of uh, eliminating single points of failure in your, your security model when it comes to holding Bitcoin. All right. Centralized exchanges where you just buy Bitcoin and let them hold it for you. Central point of failure. Single SIG wallets. You have a hardware wallet and a backup. Single point of failure. If you lose that wallet and that backup, you're shit out of luck. Unchained Capital is here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custody model by providing you with two or three multi-sig vaults where you hold two keys, Unchained holds one, you always have control of your sats as long as you have your two keys. Uh, and you have visibility into it. You get comfort. You get a team there, a concierge team that's going to walk you through everything, make sure that you know what you're doing. And if you're ever worried about something, you just give them a call. You say, hey, I have these questions. They're there to answer you. On top of that, they're building many products on top of this two or three multi-sig forum. This is the basis of all their products. The Vault is what is going to help you hold your keys and secure your Bitcoin. They have a lending platform that's built on two or three multi-sig escrow as well. And as we've learned over the last four months, uh, it's probably a good idea that they do it this way. Uh, so you know that funds are segregated. You have visibility into the wallet. You know they're not rehypothecating it to three hours cap- capital or just going to burn your sats into the ether of Luna Terra. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Unchained Capital. Go to unchained.com. Check out their concierge service. You can do that at www.unchained.com slash concierge. This fruit was also brought to you by good friends at Brains. 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 Pretty hot. If you're a miner, you're not using Brains OS Plus firmware, and you have an ASIC that's compatible with it, you are an idiot. I don't like calling people idiots. I don't like it. It's not nice. My mother taught me, be nice. Marty, you be nice to people. Treat others how you like to be treated. But sometimes when you see people being idiots, and the idiot-proof software is out there for them to prevent themselves from being idiots. You have no choice but to point at them and say, idiot, stop leaving SaaS on the table. Download Brains OS Plus firmware. If you have an ASIC that's compatible with it, it's going to make your machine more efficient. It's going to help you stack more sats. If you don't have Brains OS Plus firmware running on an ASIC that's compatible with it, you're leaving sats on the table, and only idiots do that. Don't be an idiot. Download the firmware. Go to brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com, and check it out. This was also brought to you by our good friends at Hoddle Hoddle. Hoddle Hoddle is here to bring you a peer-to-peer lending platform. No KYC, no AML, leverages Bitcoin multi-sig properties. The way you do it, you put your Bitcoin up, in a two or three multi-sig escrow account, you hold one key, your counterparty in the loan holds another key, and then hodl hodl. I always put up four fingers. Hodl hodl holds the third key. All right. So as you put your Bitcoin up as collateral, you get stable coins back. Then you go spend as you see fit. As you're paying back, if you pay back that loan plus the interest associated with it, you're going to get your sats back at the end of the day. And during the duration of that loan, you have confidence that you're going to get your sats back because you have visibility into the wallet. Again, no KYC, no AML, peer-to-peer. They have a peer-to-peer 
exchange as well, hodlhodl.com. And they're throwing the Baltic Honey Badger Conference in early September in Riga, Latvia. I will be there. Matt will be there. Vibes are going to be high. BalticHoneyBadger.com to get your tickets to that if you haven't already. Last but not least, this rip was brought to you by our good friends at Upstream Data. Ooh, doggy. Did you see that? Did you see that new hash shot they launched at the uh, Mining Disrupt Conference that's going on in Miami right now? Maybe they're powering, they're, they're powering your miners with a V8. They got Chevys in their hash shots, okay? They got the Chevy engines powering your miners. Upstream Data. I'm an Upstream Data cu- customer. I have a hash shot, a 50 kilowatt hash shot. Been running flawlessly since I plugged it in. Only need to turn it down when I need to make an oil change in the generator. Now I don't have the I don't have the Chevy V8 generator, but I can't wait to get my hands on one. Uh, so I just ran right into the V8 rip. Bitcoin miners powered by Chevy is a powerful meme, and Upstream Data is making it true. Uh, if you are in the oil and gas industry, if you're a utility company and you have excess stranded gas or energy assets or excess electricity behind the meter at your utility company and you're looking to transition into Bitcoin mining, Upstream Data has everything you need. They're building the huts. They're building the generators. Uh, they can acquire the ASICs for you. Full suite, white glove service to, to get you uh, in your mining operation up and running, potentially on a Chevy. If you're in the oil industry and you're one of those greedy-ass oil executives that's just making so many dirty profits, maybe you should diversify into Bitcoin mining. Upstream Data. Their hash huts is a great way to do that. Go to upstreamdata.ca to check out all their hash huts. Tell their team that TFTC sent you. They also, for you at home miners, can't forget about you at home miners. We're stacking sats on the side of your house using the black box. Upstream data also has a black box for at home miners. It takes care of noise and heat and allows you to mine at the comfort of your own home without getting a divorce because the noise of the ASIC is too loud. The black box, you put your miners in there, you close it. And the, the ASIC goes from goes from that to you're mining Bitcoin. Your wife can't hear me. Use the code freaks if you buy a black box. You're gonna get five percent off the black box. They also have bundles where you'll get the black box and ASICs as well. Um upstreamdata.ca shop.upstreamdata.ca some of the highest quality mining products on the market for you freaks go check them out and enjoy this for it okay you've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free if you talk about a fed just gone nuts all all the central banks going nuts so it's all acting like safe haven I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. Colorado, eh? Yes, sir. Uh, it's been an absolute fantastic week in Colorado. And uh, me and my lady decided that we were going to get a cabin in the mountains unfortunately it's raining outside otherwise i was gonna do a proper flex of the view on the balcony this is uh you may not consider it a proper flex but it's a nice flex uh it looks beautiful out there 
It's fucking gorgeous. Beautiful state. Well, let's start with it. I mean, last week you had just gotten to Colorado and we're preparing for the Colorado Beef Initiative. Obviously, time has come and passed. The Beef Initiative went on. I talked to Slim yesterday. He gave me a bit of a debrief, said it was incredible, but would love to get the, the breakdown from your perspective. It was, um, it was a truly special experience. Uh, I know you went to the one in Kerrville that happened in Texas. Um, I guess this is the second main event they've had. Um, they called it a conference. Uh, I spoke to Slim. I, I, th- I think they're going to call them summits going forward. I feel like conference almost degrades what it was. Um, you know, Jason Reich, uh, rancher, Bitcoiner, uh, hosted us all on his family ranch. Him and his family were extremely um, accommodating. It's not even the right word. They were, you know, I felt like family being there. There was a hundred of us. Uh, it almost felt more like a wedding uh, without a bride and groom. I was joking around that it's like uh, the father and the bride and the groom existed. It was Slim and Jason, but there was no, there was no actual bride and groom. Um, but we talked about ranching, farming, food, Bitcoin, proof of work, raising your children. There was a great panel on home births and homeschooling. Um, we did a workshop onboarding the ranchers onto Bitcoin. I onboarded 50 ranchers in 15 minutes with the help of our friends at Ibex and Oshi, uh, who were walking in the crowd. They, they got a wallet set up. They, got, they received sats. And then they sent the sats to uh, Jason as a donation for uh, him and his family's time and efforts into the whole thing. I just came across like super humbled and super honored to participate in it. It's probably one of the single biggest. uh, It's probably one of the most important things I'm doing in the space right now that we're doing in the space right now. And we're doing a lot of things in the space right now. So. Uh, I think that says that says a lot. Yeah, and uh, if I look perplexed into the camera, it's because I think my video is on a severe delay. So sorry for that, freaks. Um, I don't know how to fix that, but I agree. It is one of the most important things that we could be doing as individuals. That anybody, I mean, it's not only us. It could be any of you freaks listening out there who has taken action to go shake your rancher's hand considering everything that's going on with the food supply chains and uh, what the liberal world order is trying to do to our food systems. I mean, we have it on the list to talk about later in the show, which is the fact that Canada seems to be mirroring the Netherlands policy of trying to cut out 30% of nitrogen uh, emissions, which attacks farmers directly. Uh, and I think if we're going to protect ourselves from this impending crisis, we need to go support our ranchers. And so what Slim and the rest of the individuals building out the beef initiative are doing is extremely important at this particular point in time. It may not seem that way, but uh, it, it's imperative that we get out there and start shaking our ranchers' hands and securing our, our food supply chains. Before uh, we move on from this important topic, I just wanted to say, um, first of all, yeah, I've noticed it's it's similar. It, 
it's actually surprisingly similar to the work I've been doing with activists. Um, you don't have to explain to a farmer or a rancher, a small family farm, um, the need for Bitcoin and other tools that allow you to opt out of the current system. I mean, these people have uh, practiced personal responsibility for generations. Uh, they've had the system completely fail them over and over again. So they don't need to uh, have that need explained to them. They just need to know that tools exist, education exists. How can they use those tools? So it's extremely rewarding um, on that front. Obviously, we've talked in the past uh, that uh, a group of us, including my lady, Mills, Rod, and Slim, um, are launching the Tennessee Beef Initiative out of Nashville. We're very excited about that. Um, and the first stop on that is going to be their next beef initiative event, which is in Georgia, in Bluffton, Georgia, at uh, White Oak Pastures. Uh, that's going on in September. Uh, if you're interested in attending that, uh, beefinitiative.com has all the details. Uh, but if you're in the area, I strongly, strongly recommend that you consider consider going to that. Yes. Uh, I saw the car had Econo Alchemist's presentation up there, and Slim sent that to me uh, yesterday, and I went through that. That looked like an incredible presentation beginning to end, uh, why Bitcoin's important, how it works, how ranchers can adopt it, and why ranchers need it. <laughs> Well, I kind of loved it. I kind of loved it because Eco, uh, Eco, like he came to the conclusion. He's like, "Oh fuck, I'm not a rancher. So how do I relate to these people?" And he was just like, "Well, I think we can all agree that the state can go fuck themselves." <laughs> I think we can all agree there. Uh, yeah, no, and um, again, speaking with Slim yesterday morning. One thing I wanted to bring up, you mentioned what you, Mills, Rod, uh, and and your wife are doing uh, to help the beef initiative. But one thing that Slim mentioned on our call that he wants to replicate, uh, basing it off the, the Bitcoin Park model, is that, that model of produce locally, distribute globally, which I think uh, Rod was explaining that at the Nash Bitcoiners meetup last month when we were there. But I, I think... It's also important to touch on that as well, and that model that you guys are are bringing forth at, at the Bitcoin Park. Locally produced, globally distributed. Let's fucking go. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're obviously we've been encouraging freaks to attend or start their own local Bitcoin meetups, uh, and that's it's one thing BitDev started. They started open sourcing there topics list so you can go check it either before or after any bit devs uh, is um, is conducted but when it comes to these types of things like these presentations that Econo Alchemist gave and the type of presentations that, that go on in some of these meetups while well, the ability to congregate in person and have that intimate uh, experience in that very in-depth high signal presentation in person like being able to get that information out to to others around the world who may not be able to attend personally uh is, is highly effective and i think an important model to to replicate that's why i love doing what we do here at rhr it's because we have a global audience it just feels good to know that, that there's people all over the world getting this high signal content i will say it's a it's a bit of a balancing act um, because, you know, me and you are both products of, 
of New York City Bit Devs. And one of the things that New York City Bit Devs and Jay, who runs that over there, has done really well with is is they take the privacy of their attendees uh, super su- super seriously. Um, no pictures, no photos, no videos. Um, and I appreciate that. I think I think there's something to be said about local, small, high signal conversations uh, that are not recorded and that are not distributed, that people are able to feel comfortable enough to speak frankly and talk about things that they don't want to talk about on the record, um, ask questions that they don't want to be associated with themselves. So there, there needs to be a balance there between uh, things that are globally distributed and things that are flash in the pan only happen if you are there. And, and finding that balance is going to be the difficult part, um, but it's not impossible. No, certainly not. Certainly not. Shout out to Jay. Shout out to New York Bit Devs. Miss you guys. It's been a minute. Uh, let's jump into it. Clark's dashboard. We're pamping. Actually, we're dumping. We were above 24,000 when we... Uh, when we hit record and now we're sitting at 23,810 cock bucks. One cock buck's going to get you 4,200 sats. Current Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin market cap is $454.9 billion. We're currently at block height 400, excuse me, 746,969. Nice. We got a, a nice 69 block height here on RHR this week. We are 967 blocks away from the next difficulty adjustment, which is estimated to be on August 4th. 2022, which should be next Thursday. So it'll either happen before, right around when we record next week. As of right now, that's estimated to be an upwards adjustment of 4.1%. Blocks have been coming in at nine minutes and 36 seconds on average. So if this holds steady, uh, it seems that we will break the three uh, downward difficulty adjustment in a row streak that the Bitcoin network has experienced over the last six weeks. Uh, there are currently 8,407 transactions in Clark's mempool. Looks like uh, our boy Katan's going to be able to get his one sat per V-byte transactions in uh, in a timely manner. And Samurai unspent capacity is sitting at 4,928.77 Bitcoin. I don't think it's an all-time high. We need the freaks to be marking this down at home. I believe it was around 4,960 Bitcoin last week. So approaching 500, hovering, or excuse me, 5,000, hovering right below 5,000 in unspent capacity. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, we mentioned it last week. The reason video uh, that Craig Rawl, Alex Ladstein, and Samurai Dev participated in, I rewatched it again earlier this week. And if you haven't done so already, highly recommend you freaks go do that. Um, high quality, high quality. Very high quality. So where should we start this week? Where do you want to start? I'll let you start it off. Um, I want to start with our salty senators, the fabulous three, uh, writing a personal letter, a public letter, (laughs) Johnson of Fidelity saying that they don't like that she's offering a Bitcoin retirement product to her customers. Yeah, this is high-level cope coming from uh, the U.S. Senate here. It's only three. It was Dick Durbin from Illinois, the, the uh, Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts, and 
uh, Tina Smith. I'm not sure where she's located. Yeah, where the fuck is Tina Smith from? It's her, like her big break. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is a bit baffling to think that three senators are harassing a private company. Fidelity is one of the largest financial asset managers on the planet. They're also a private company. Abby, Abby Johnson is the CEO there, and they addressed her directly. And it's just a bit odd that you have somebody from the public sector harassing uh, uh, Abby Johnson and her private company to not offer a product to the public that isn't being forced on the users, it's simply being presented as an option that Fidelity's customers can engage with if, if they so please. It, it appears, according to Jevy, that uh, Senator Smith is from Minnesota. Uh, sucks for you, Jevy. <laughs> Jevy's also from Minnesota. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Elizabeth Warren, she's, I turned on CNBC yesterday to just pay attention to what the talking heads were saying during that big Fed announcement and she was one of like the pre-interviews and it's just like she's so nauseating just the way like her her facial inflection during like the interview she's extremely mm-hmm. rude she's extremely incompetent did you uh, see jevy's comments no i can't see him you just said wow and i took that personally <laughs> I, I, I said, uh, marty came in hot on that one <laughs> sorry jevy on, on, a, on a positive note, for the Minnesota Bitcoiners, uh, it appears that last night they had a fantastic uh, Minneapolis meetup uh, at the O'Shaughnessy's uh, Distillery. The O'Shaughnessy's are a Bitcoin family running a great distillery, uh, whiskey distillery out of Minneapolis. Um, Parker showed up for a guest appearance there last night and vibes were very high, apparently. Yes. And we said it about a month ago on RHR, uh, probably one of the most aesthetically pleasing Bitcoin meetup venues. And we do plan to do a live RHR there. We don't have a set date yet. Parker Definitely was not to, in the fall. Yeah, Parker was trying to get us there in October. Busy schedule in October. I have a feeling we'll be there. It may not be to like Q2 2023, just because I don't want to travel to Minnesota in the middle of the winter. We, uh, we we will be there. There will be there will be a live rabbit hole recap at that distillery. Yes, um, but uh, no hard date. No hard date. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Minnesota Bitcoin Meetup, Brandon Quaidum, Jevy, everybody up there, pushing it along again. One of the most high quality meetups in the country. And again, can never remind you freaks too much. If you're sitting there, you've never been to a Bitcoin Meetup. I'm not forcing you to go to one, but if you're looking at all these Bitcoin meetups around the country, around the world, and you're like, hey, why don't we have one in my area? Uh, go start one. Um, I, I do. I was made aware. I am aware. And I'm very happy to hear that there uh, there is going to be a Philly-centric Bitcoin meetup being spun up uh, relatively soon. So Philadelphia area freaks, you will have uh, a venue and uh, a meetup to, to attend not too far in the future. Um, should we go back to Fidelity? I mean, do you have yeah, any I mean, more comments on that? Yeah, let's, let's close up on there. We just needed to uh, give give Jevy a feel-good shout-out there. Um, 
considering his senator is just straight coping over at Abby Johnson. I mean, I just, this is, uh, maybe this kind of thing happens all the time and I'm just not aware because it happens in non-Bitcoin things. Um, but it does, it does seem a little bit strange that uh, they feel like they're in a place where they can just send this letter to a CEO about one of the various products they have, you know, probably hundreds, hundreds of different products they offer at Fidelity, massive company. Just like, here's an open letter about this one specific product you own. I mean, um, we've talked in the past about, about the issues with pensions and retirement accounts and all these other things. Like there's, it's not like it's a, a solid foundation being built over there. God forbid they offer another option to their, to their customer base. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's weird bullying tactics too. Like who, again, these people are supposed to be public servants. Like they're just, they shouldn't be involved in telling the private sector what to do. I mean, this is, you just zoom out more broadly. This is the overarching problem of the world right now is that we have Dick Durbin, Elizabeth Warren, Tina Smith types who are, part of the unproductive class doesn't actually build anything or produce anything that that leads to increased productivity or quality of life for everyday citizens here in the United States and more broadly globally. And they're trying to tell the CEO of one of the most established asset managers in the country and the world, they've been around, I believe, for over a century now at this point, what they should be doing. It's just extremely tone deaf. And again, it, it's a glimpse into how these people think they think they should be able to centrally control what you and I have access to and what you and I can actually do in this supposedly free country. Matthew, do we live in a free country? No, Marty, I need to put that on the soundboard. Um, just to save myself time <laughs> since that question. <laughs> so often. Um, we will, we, we will live in a free country in the future, uh, but we don't, we don't yet. I would say, Marty, what do you think? Maybe, maybe me, me and you should write an open letter to Abby, um, asking her to make sure that her 401k Bitcoin plan uh, allows people to hold their own keys. I think uh, that'd be some actual feedback here. Yeah. Maybe just give some recommendations. Hey, maybe you guys team up with Unchained Capital. You, you, you leverage their multi-sig quorum backend and you, and you allow individual fidelity customers to, to hold a key uh, in in their fidelity account uh, so that they know that their sats aren't being rehypothecated. Let's get on this. We'll yeah, get we'll get Jevy to sign the letter with us. It'll be me, you and yes. Jevy. Yes. Yes. New York, Texas, Minnesota. We probably need to reach over um, or you're in Tennessee now. Yeah, no, I think that's a good mix. Uh, I think that's a good mix of uh, of signatures there. We'll uh, we'll be forcing the issue. Abby, expect a letter from us in the coming weeks. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hop in a Google Doc and, and and write that up. Now that we've said it, we have to follow up. So this is gonna be an interesting uh, <laughs> project that we have going. Car, write up the letter. We'll sign it. <laughs> uh, moving on. Next on the list, we have Kraken accused of violating sanctions. Pretty big. Uh, Accusation thrown at Jesse Powell and the team at Kraken there. 
uh, this New York Times article is paywalled, so I wasn't able to read uh, the whole thing. But what, like, what particular sanctions are they? <laughs> as you say that, as you say that, car scrolls through the archive version that is not paywalled. Yes. Um, the they Department said- Office of Farna. Foreign Assets Control has been investigating Kraken since 2019. It's expected to impose fines to the people who declined to be identified for fear of retribution from the company. Kraken would be the largest crypto firm to face an enforcement action from OFAC sanctions against Iran, which the United States imposed in 1979. So specifically what they said was they said that Kraken allowed users from, quote unquote, Iran and elsewhere to use the platform. Um I mean, this is, uh, you know, Bitcoin is is for anyone. Anyone can use Bitcoin without permission. Obviously, centralized uh, third parties like exchanges um, will be forced to comply with financial regulations, particularly from the United States, because that's where most global financial regulations emanate from, uh, including sanctions. Um uh, this, I, to, to me, I mean, the the positive the positive take is uh, that you know, we're, obviously, we've had issues with Jesse and Kraken on the shitcoin side. They're pretty much neck deep in shitcoins, um, but Jesse has been been pretty solid proponent for freedom for a while. Um, so this doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, and he's. Very much against woke culture. Jesse and I have had our our Twitter spats with each other due to my consternation with the peddling of shit coins. But I, I will co-sign that endorsement of his you know, stride for for freedom in the digital age. But yeah, I mean, I, but even with that said, like I find it hard to believe that they were knowingly allowing Iranians to use like considering how regulated they are here in the U.S. and the U.K. I mean, they are full KYC, right? So, yeah. My guess is, my guess is Jesse has been very outspoken about um, privacy, has been outspoken. When when the Russian sanctions came in, he, he was outspoken about not blocking all Russian users, just those on the sanction list. Um, he specifically had a bunch of tweets that OFAC got angry at him about. Um, in that, in that spat, he's released, uh, the, the most, uh, transparent, most transparent, the most complete transparency reports in terms of law enforcement requests. He's told, uh, the New York department of financial services to go fuck themselves on the bit license. Um, so he's been very outspoken. So when you have someone that's very outspoken, who's running a very profitable company that has a lot of wealth themselves, uh, it is very common to try and find one little thing to try and throw the book at them, right? And so if there's one or two users that got through their KYC system, maybe they're dual citizens or then they used a different way of doing it. Maybe even they have undercover agents kind of do it and go in through Iranian IP addresses, stuff like that, uh, just to punish him for whatever way they can actually punish him for. Uh, That would not surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me in the least bit either. It is interesting. Apparently, they've been investigating since 2019. So, have they been building a case? Did they find out back then, or just keeping it in their back pocket to 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 thrust on them? 
uh, at an opportune time, obviously with Celsius, Voyager, trouble at BlockFi and uh, the black eye the industry has taken uh, over the last four or five months, maybe they decided this was a good time to pull out that card and, and add salt to the wound. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't take too much from a comment investigating since 2019. I mean, they could probably say that about most Bitcoin businesses. Um, investigating since 2019 does not mean that they caught them doing something in 2019. That just means that they were paying attention to someone who tells them to go fuck themselves all the time since 2019. Um, and it's an easy way to make the article more juicy, right? Yeah, which, yeah. New York Times trying to spice it up. That's a very good point. Um, so it is not public yet. What the it seems like they're just going to get a fine. So the the amount of that fine is not public yet. We'll keep you freaks abreast of that situation as it unfolds. Um, moving on, we have uh, more senators doing things this time, introducing a bill for tax exemption on Bitcoin payments, smaller than $50. Who's doing things? <laughs> so rare when they actually do things. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I'm a bit disappointed in this. Because uh, originally, I believe like the first initial exemption number was 2000 then it got bumped down to 600 then 200 and it seems like uh, the senators putting forth this bill were strong-armed into lowering it to $50, which is uh, not a lot of money at all. In in February, there was a House bill under the same name that was proposed, and that had a $200 uh, exemption. Um, this one's a $50 exemption, and it's being pushed forward by uh, Senator Cinema, Senator Toomey, and yeah, those are the two senators, I guess. Cinema from Arizona and Toomey from Pennsylvania. Um, obviously, it is so fucking low that you know you you question why to even bother. Um, I will say the the clause that it's uh, trades up to fifty dollars total or fifty dollar net capital gain. So technically, it could be you know a five thousand dollar payment that that only has a net cap gain of $25 or something. So that little clause is nice. Um, it makes accounting a little bit easier and less mentally burdensome uh, when using Bitcoin. But uh, more or less, you know, this is a, it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice show of support, I guess, right? But I, I, it's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure, I mean... If you bought in December, you're spending now. Probably would be considered de minimis. But yeah, it's, I don't know. Oh, that actually brings up another interesting topic that we could talk about that's not on the list. I wrote about it last night. Do you see Preston Burns' blog post on defining? 2018. Well, he wrote another one. Um, uh, when you link to the when you link to it in the bent, it was a post from 2018. Yes, that's what I meant. Uh, apparently, uh, a commission in the UK is beginning to bring to fruition his ideas from 2018, which is he wrote and posited back then that due to the nature of Bitcoin, that it is likely going to be 
defined as a special type of property. Um, I believe he defines it as data property or um, something like that. Uh, and essentially, the way Bitcoin works, the fact that it's a distributed system and uh, you access it via private public key cryptography adds two very interesting variables to the conversation of property. Uh, it, it really does not, Bitcoin does not fall into any definition of property that exists today because since uh, you actually, even if you have a hardware wallet or a software wallet, whatever it may be, you actually, the Bitcoin exists on the distributed ledger, which is maintained by tens of thousands of nodes that are geographically dispersed. So Bitcoin really exists everywhere and nowhere at any given point in time. And then on top of that, you access your Bitcoin with private keys, which are essentially um, uh, cryptography and that, that is, uh, they're created via math. And so um, the definition of property of a math problem is, is a bit hairy. And so I think in the context of the Senate bill, the de minimis uh, tax exemption conversation, like it's just very interesting uh, to bring this up because like these politicians and courts to date are treating Bitcoin as if it were a piece of property that, that they know pretty well and has been referenced many times in many different court cases. But like, does the fact that Bitcoin represents this new type of property, I have a feeling I know your answer already, but, but does it sort of create an aurora of plausible deniability because it is such a unique type of asset? Like, are these politicians and regulators actually able to apply this type of uh, regulation on Bitcoin uh, using regulation that is forced on typical property that has already been well-defined on something that probably should be defined differently. Um, at the end of the day, they probably don't care, but if we're trying to make a semantic legal argument, I think there's a, a strong argument to be made if we do actually live in a free country that Bitcoin should not be treated like typical pieces of property that, that uh, the court system is used to dealing with. And do these laws actually have any teeth at the at the end of the day, yes, uh, as we're finding out, but should they? I don't think so. I mean, look, once again, like it'd be fantastic if governments uh, actually respected property rights. Um, the reason I'm bullish on Bitcoin is because it doesn't rely on governments to enforce property rights. Property rights are enforced by math and rough game theory. Um, that's the beauty of Bitcoin to begin with. Um, so, so if if governments do end up, specifically our government as Americans, obviously it's relevant to us the most. Um, but the same thing goes for for Bitcoiners around the world and their respective governments. If those governments come around and decide to, you know, respect property rights, treat people with respect and dignity, don't completely uh, destroy us with burdensome regulation and bullshit and corruption. That would be fucking awesome. Uh, the reason I'm bullish on Bitcoin is because you don't need to rely on that happening. And I'm not that hopeful that that will happen. Yeah. And just to entertain 
the thought experiment, right? Like since Bitcoin does exist on this distributed ledger, does not have any real locality within a certain jurisdiction with particular laws, it does introduce this, again, this interesting semantics argument where like, hey, Bitcoin technically exists across all these different jurisdictions. So how is one jurisdiction going to claim a specific type of regulate, regulatory framework over this asset that, that doesn't actually exist within that jurisdiction. Well, uh, everything's in the American jurisdiction. As we've, as we've learned throughout the years. I mean, selling, co- selling coconuts in India, that's America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we used to have so many conversations about Bitfinex and Tether uh, under this context. That is... Uh, the Bitfinex Tether I mean, saga is proven. The the best recent example is BitMEX, right? They're based mm-hmm. in the Seychelles. Um, they explicitly said no Americans were allowed to use it, uh, but their founders were thrown in jail, put a gun to their head, uh, and they were told, uh, if you don't implement KYC procedures on absolutely everyone in the world, um, there is no way for sure that you know you're not serving Americans. So you have to do that otherwise. Um, we will destroy your life. And so they did that. And uh, the bright side of that was they got a complete slap on the wrist in terms of fine. Um, and, and uh, it, you know, they, they, it, was a, it was pretty much a slap on the wrist at the end of the day, but it was only a slap on the wrist because they complied, right? Yeah. So there was a little stick there and a little bit of honey. Uh, but ultimately... It's just America financial regulators saying that if you serve anyone anywhere, you have to comply with our regulations. You're you're within our jurisdiction, and that's a, a tale as as old as time. We've seen that many many times. Yeah, we don't live in a free country. Uh, maybe one day we will, though. Bitcoin this is a powerful tool to get us there. Uh, yeah, and all these regulations and these rules you mentioned, Bitmex KYC, they just put us in harm's way, forcing all these third parties to collect our data and hold it in insecure databases. Uh, the more the government forces these entities to collect this data, the more at risk they put their constituents. Um, and sometimes they don't even have to mandate that. Sometimes just the way companies are made, uh, the, the convenience of collecting particular pieces of data um, uh, makes it easier to run their businesses and that leads us to the recent Twitter data breach, which was made um, made apparent earlier this week. Apparently in January, Twitter was hacked and uh, the hacker was able to collect uh, email address and phone number information from 5.4 million uh, Twitter accounts, including celebrities, politicians, um, potentially me, potentially Matt, potentially others. Uh, yeah, so the uh, the hacker got all this data and was shopping it around on the dark web. So if you're using Twitter and you have it connected to your actual phone number, your actual email address, uh, you should probably be aware of that. Yeah, so I mean, this vulnerability was responsibly disclosed in January, um, January and it was patched. Um, apparently, someone has exploited it Uh and use it against 5.4 million users. Um, as Marty said, I mean, this is a perfect example. Twitter for a long time has essentially forced light KYC on users. 
They make it very difficult to operate an account on Twitter uh, without providing intimate personal information, specifically phone numbers, which are hard to find, get anonymously. Um, there are services like silent.link and textverified.com that you can use uh, to get burner phone numbers using Bitcoin. Um, there's also on the tri- trade-off scale, the privacy trade-off scale, there's services like Hushed uh, that don't accept Bitcoin and you pay with credit card, but they still provide you with many different phone numbers. So you don't have to use the same phone number. You know, Obviously, if you're talking about a state actor or something, um, they'll be able to link those to your identity. Uh, but for non-sophisticated actors, those kind of services do help you. Um, so ideally, you should not be using your main phone number on Twitter and other services. You should be using these different burner phone numbers if required. Ideally, services shouldn't require them to begin with. Email addresses, same thing. Uh, you know, try and try and use different email addresses that are not connected to your identity. Uh, yeah, Carlos is saying my pseudo. That's similar to the service hushed. I was saying. You know, that is a different trade-off balance than something like silent.link or uh, text verified, but both my pseudo and hushed will will give you uh, basically disposable phone numbers uh, using a credit card, which is very useful for all these different services so you don't give them the same one. Um, I, you know, that I use, I, I like using those for stuff like, you know, if you have to open a bank account or something, you already know it's connected to your identity, but at least it's not the same phone number that's in their system. As other, as, as other services you use, just in case you do get compromised. You can today remove your phone number from your Twitter account. So consider going and doing that. You might not be one of the people that are compromised and there'll probably be compromises in the future. So do consider doing that. If your account does get flagged, which is what they do a lot, they'll flag it and then say you have to put a phone number verification in to do it again. So be it. Do the phone verification again. Ideally use a different number. Uh, and then remove that number. Just operate without the numbers on there. And I'll just say, like these these hacks and data leaks have become so common that 5.4 million Twitter users, uh, emails, phone numbers, and usernames are out there. And he's only selling it, or he or she is only selling it for thirty thousand dollars. That's extremely cheap. I told NVK that he should buy the list and send them cold card spam. Do <laughs> it, NVK. Actually, is that illegal to buy that list? Definitely not. It's it's definitely not legal to buy a hack list, but um, (laughs) Uh, yeah. Carl mentioned another service too in the in the comments. He said simple login. Simple login is useful for email addresses, disposable email addresses. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully, we get away from this. I mean, a few months ago, we talked about. A leak in China that exposed a billion people, the whole country. Uh, so it's, the magnitude of these leaks is getting pretty insane. This Twitter leak is relatively small compared to some of the leaks we've talked about in years past. I mean, uh, Equifax was, I believe, 150 million Americans, and that was all their information: social security number, address, birth date, every adult American, first pet, um, all that stuff. And that's uh, not even. But, even opt in you have no choice but to be on that database which was really fucked up right which is uh very scary but it does seem like there is a movement that is gaining momentum that is trying to get us away from these types of interactions with the social media companies we interact with or 
messaging apps. And a great example of that was launched this week, which is Keat.io, uh, which was launched by Bitfinex and Tether. And this is a P2P communications app that leverages a technology called Hole Punch. Uh, John Carvalho um, talked a lot about Hole Punch uh, during the conversation we recorded last year. Uh, and this seems to be part of a growing trend of building these types of apps on more distributed systems that leverage private public key cryptography uh, to handle login and user information as opposed to email address and phone number. And this seems like a much better design landscape from which to build these types of apps while preserving privacy and protecting end users at the end of the day. Were you uh, uh, able to experiment with Keat yet? Uh, first of all, Marty, fantastic transition. You are getting better at story transitions. Uh, before Before we move on to the story, I just want to say, first of all, um, I'm particularly looking forward to the leaks of people's DNA. Uh, we haven't really seen widespread ones of those yet. Uh, Ring, Ring cameras, Alexa camera, Alexa microphones, Google Assistant microphones. Like, there's a lot of juicy shit that people are going to get burned on before they start to learn. Uh, so I am optimistic, like you, that as people get burned, uh, they will learn and we'll improve to more secure systems. Uh, but the amount of pain that we have seen on that front has not even barely gotten started yet. Like it's going to get really fucking bad. I um, mean, with with ring cameras, you don't even need a leak. Amazon will just hand it over. Yeah, Amazon handed over. I think eleven different uh, requests to law enforcement on those cameras uh, without warrants uh, just this year alone. And I'm I'm sure that's ramping up. That's going to be like one of those like nice little exponential charts, but in the in the wrong way. Um, but to get back to Keat, uh, Keat is pretty cool. Uh, a couple caveats here. Uh, well, on the plus side, first of all, you have P2P video, uh, very high quality, uh, secure, encrypted, uh, doesn't rely on a central server. The quality is, is strictly limited to the bandwidth on both sides of the connection, who's ever participating in the video chat. You can also do file transfers and text chat. Really cool concept. Um, this kind of goes in line. Uh, with a theory that I think a lot of us Bitcoiners have been working on for a while, which is that as, as Bitcoiners uh, become successful and become wealthy and their companies become successful and become well-funded, uh, they will have projects on the side that are, are basically just aligned with their freedom values. People that are, are, are now successful, that believe in freedom. Like Keat itself doesn't seem like something that can easily be monetized, but it seems like something that uh, the guys at Bitfinex and Tether, they're basically the same company, uh, wanted for themselves. So they built up this project and they're releasing it for the world. Now for the caveats, uh, right now it's not open source yet. They said they're going to open source it soon. Um, looking forward to that happening. And then secondary, uh, right now the way it's set up is you are doxing your IP address to any participants of the video call. Um, that IP address can be used to get a rough location of where, you at, where you're at. Um, by a sophisticated actor, it can be used to get a more precise location and can be connected to your browsing history and other internet activity you do. So if you do use it, consider using a VPN. Um, I know the guys at Keat said that they are working on some kind of relay system um, that they plan on open sourcing as well to, to natively uh, mask IP addresses. Yeah. No, and again, going back to this trend... Uh, I completely agree. It seems that as Bitcoiners become more successful, they're beginning to find out where they can help out in tangential areas that are tangential to Bitcoin and obviously encrypted 
communication, especially if you're uh, sharing Bitcoin addresses to get paid with people, is going to be an imperative. So it's incredible to see Keat.io come. Uh, obviously, the impervious, impervious browser was launched recently. That's got a similar uh, goal. And then Nosh, or they're getting close to launch. I've, I, I like a people... couple weeks away, they got, uh, they got uh, slurped a little bit on Zoom without Zoom. Uh, but yeah, they have their own version that is uh, natively integrated with decentralized identifiers uh, that should be coming out shortly. Mm-hmm. And then Nostra too. I had uh, JB55 on the show earlier this week talking about Nostra. Nostra is in terms of something that seems actually scalable. It may be the one I'm most bullish on as of right now. Obviously, we have TBDEX's Web5 vision. Um, they haven't released anything publicly yet. Uh, in terms of like a final product or an MVP, but something like Keat is out there working, Nostra is out there working, Impervious is close to being launched. I've, I know people have tested it and it, and it seems to be working. Um, and then we'll have TBDEX launch their product in this space as well at some point in the future. And so this, yeah. This trend of building these types of systems where people can access information and communicate with each other on the web is a very bullish thing to see. It's very early what's, days, too. What's cool about the TBDEX and Impervious implementations is they're going to both be using this open standard for decentralized identifiers. Uh, so I'm particularly bullish on that aspect. I uh, Just to go back to Keat for a second, like, let's, just, let's just throw ourselves in the perspective of, of the Bitfinex Tether guys. Um, they have uh, the most sophisticated state in the world, uh, the United States government and related agencies out to get them on a daily basis, right? They need to communicate with their team. They need to communicate with their lawyers. They need to do so in a secure fashion that is not compromised. There was nothing on the market for them. So what did they do? They went and created Keat for themselves and then released it to the public. It, it, it is a very interesting scenario, right? And it's a scenario that Bitcoiners have talked about for a long fucking time. Basically, successful Bitcoiners building tools that they want to see to advance their own goals for freedom um, without necessarily a direct profit motive. And, and we've been called crazy for saying that statement for a long time. And this is a perfect example of it in practice. Yeah, yeah. Pressure creates diamonds. And the pressure on Bitfinex to communicate in a private fashion so the U.S. government can't spy on them as, as created key. And similarly with Nostra, that was part of the conversation mm-hmm. with JB55 on Monday or Tuesday whenever we spoke was that it's not really quite obvious how Nostra will be able to monetize if at all, but it, it was started by Bitcoiners. And he made a point to say it's not a Bitcoin project. It's just Bitcoiners um, recognizing that this is something that's needed in the world and and going to focus their talents on on that protocol, hundred um, percent. Yeah, and so Fiat Joff, JB55, everybody else helping out Nostra, uh, Bitfinex Tether building out Keat, Chase and team at Impervious building out their browser, and Jack, Mike Brock, um, uh, Daniel and crew building out TB Dex. Thank you for doing what you guys are doing. Uh, it's imperative that that we get these technologies out there. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. We've got uh, software updates coming up. Let's go to. We'll do a quick break and do shoutouts. Um, we'll have a nice back end of the episode too. A lot of macro talk in the back end. 
and Marty Jones might come out. Let's say the 28th. So anything after the 21st, something we have to read. We have two shout outs today. First one, greetings from all the Aussie freaks, you pair of degenerate freak lords. Once again, the Aussie Bush Bash tribe is gathering this weekend, this time in Queensland for the wintertime edition of the Bitcoin Bush Bash. No redunculous mandates or border closures this time and freaks coming in from near and far for a weekend of Bitcoin talks and laughs and, f- and figuring how we help Bitcoin and each other learn and thrive. A platter of state of the Bitcoin, some lightning, a dash of fediment, side dish of ikigai, a tasty dish of energy and mining insights, all served up by pleb, plebucators. I haven't heard that one yet, plebucators. For those curious about these events, for those curious about these events, go check out bitcoinbushbash.info. All Bitcoiners welcome, no cost, no KYC, and no shit coins. Big shout out and safe travels to all the freaks making the trek this weekend. And big orange love to all those unable to make this one. My name is Marty and I have a penis. Penis. And penis has an S at the end of it, just like Bitcoins. It's true. I do have a penis. Penis has an S at the end of it and so does Bitcoins. These are all true facts. <laughs> I love our I love our Bush Bash freaks. Um, we have a lot of great freaks in Australia. I um, I'm surprised they haven't escaped yet, but the ones that are still there are very high quality, very high signal down there. Um, I would love to visit sometime, but not in the near future. Uh, you guys have to work out some shit over there first. But I've yeah, heard only great things about the Bush Bash. It sounds fantastic. And I know it's really great people over there. Yeah. Big shout out to the Bush Bash freaks. I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Like Matt, I would like to attend too, but I don't think your government would let me considering uh, my medical records. Uh, and uh, this uh, one goes ride or die freak. Narwhal tacos has really good advice for you. Freaks do not duck, duck, go Bush Bash. Uh, you'll, you'll probably get, um, You'll probably get something else. You get Marty's favorite uh, favorite type of content. Stop watching porn freaks. <laughs> I'm rocking. Second, second and last shout out of the week. This is going to stoke an interesting conversation. Got 250,000 sats for knowing my coworkers the best. Figured I'd pay it forward. Been bothering me about all the infighting I'm seeing across my Twitter feed from people in the space I respect. I mean... I know that's what Twitter is used for, and I don't subscribe to the can't we all just get along, but don't people have better things to do than argue about whether Whirlpool or Wasabi is the best? Nick has invested in non-Bitcoin startups. The horror. I mean, I like drunk trolling, drunk troll tweeting as much as the next fucker, but seriously, I really just think that in the bear market, instead of arguing, people should just shut the fuck up and build something. I'm curious what you all think about the bear market infighting at Weird Robot. Uh, and that's weird robot with the three as the E W three I R D R O B O T. Oh, I met uh, weird P- robot. He was in Nashville. He's fucking awesome. Oh, boss. P S poo poo P P. Thank you for making me say that weird robot. Um, he's just working yeah. on my board collection. Yeah, that's actually. Um, I've been troll tweeting a bunch today. Uh, troll tweet about the negative GDP put like a little fake disclaimer a lot of people thought that was real that's uh, a great tweet format for anybody out there looking to troll 
the regime, but also tweeted uh, about Bitcoin being an inflation hedge because it's up 16% in the last month. Uh, now that it's hovering around $24,000. But yeah, no, that's, I'm writing about that in the Ben today, particularly about like the, the privacy, uh, hardcore privacy freaks who we obviously love here at TFTC versus like the number go up camp. And uh, that, that infighting uh, is above the uh, hardcore privacy whirlpool versus wasabi fighting. But yeah, I think, yeah, the infighting, I try to stay out of it and um, yeah, do exactly what you just said is build during these bear markets. Um, do have a lot of things going on here at T- TFTC, RHR, 1031 on the mining side of things. And so I've been happy that I've been um, pretty busy the last few months uh, with all that stuff. So I don't have to get dragged into the infighting. Um, yeah, I don't think it's particularly productive myself, but if people are going to do it. It's inevitable. I just, Look, I just decide not Bitcoin, to participate. Bitcoin is a tool that is available to anyone in the world. Uh, it can be used however the fuck you want it to be used with, used without any permission. Um, as a result, it means that we have Bitcoiners of all walks of life from all around the world. Uh, who have different priorities and have different belief systems. The fact that Bitcoiners disagree on a lot of things is a feature, not a bug. We're not going to agree on everything, period. Now, I will say that personal attacks are weak. Um, try and argue over ideas, debate ideas, not people. Um, there's a lot, a lot of personal attacks, but that's nothing new. That's, we've seen that. I mean, that's the internet. The internet loves personal attacks. Like it's, it's built for it. You're behind a screen. It's very easy to just lob a quick personal attack out there. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if you've been in the space for a while, especially if you're a public figure in the space, it does, it does get a bit exhausting. And, you, you know, the most healthy thing is to try and not participate in it as much as possible. Um, but I will say that one of the reasons I'm most bullish on Bitcoin is because there are so many different passionate people around the world that do strongly believe in this tool, that do strongly believe in freedom and sovereignty, um, and do strongly believe in, in in their belief systems, and will not back down. Uh, will not back down if if someone disagrees with them, and and that to me is a feature, not a bug, of of this global this global network. Yeah, agreed. Um... Yeah, I mean, it comes down to a personal decision. You can decide to participate. You also don't have to watch it. You can check off Twitter um, from time to time. I actually checked my Twitter analytics for the first time in a couple of months, and I was happy to see that my personal tweeting activity is down like 50%. Um, it's much more productive when you're not getting dragged into all that bullshit. I'm definitely uh, kicking your ass on that front, Marty. <laughs> you are. Um yeah, people are going to fight. Some people seem to have a lot more times to fight than others. Uh, but yeah, I think I would co-sign what you said, Weird Robot. Uh, shut up and build is a good uh, good strategy, in my opinion. Um, if you're if you're looking to stay think, out of the fray, I think the thing the thing that's most frustrating. Um, and look, you're welcome to do whatever the fuck you want. It just comes down to whether or not I'll respect you or not is is consistency, right? Every every I've noticed throughout my short time in this world 
that pretty much all of us are hypocrites. We're all some level of hypocrites in, in the way we act, the way we hold ourselves. Um, I think people should try and reduce their hypocrisy as much as possible, maintain consistency as much as possible. Uh, you will not be perfect. Uh, but, but when I see hypocrites out there, it just makes me immediately lose respect for you, period. Hold yourself to a higher standard than you hold everyone else to. It's fine to be critical of people, but not if you're holding yourself to a lower standard than them. You have to hold yourself to a higher standard. We should all be holding ourselves to a higher standard. Co-sign that as well. Um, hand up. Be hypocritical from time to time. We are we are humans at the end of the day. Things are evolving. Um, yeah, and it is it is so funny having been through. I think this may be the beginning of my fourth cycle. I don't know how you define how many cycles you've been through. At least three, maybe the beginning of the fourth. But there's it seems to be inevitable when the price is down that people get catty. Um, it's something psychologically happens. Maybe it's people overextending themselves. Uh, maybe it's people wishing that Bitcoin were somewhere and they're trying to blame somebody else for it not being there. We have to recognize that this is just a massive wave that you can't control one way or the other. It's just going to do what it does and humans are going to react to it psychologically and um, uh, reactively as, as time moves on, the price moves and all this shit unfolds. Specifically, I would say oh, specifically like the flat bottom. When you have like the flatness after a downtrend is when it gets, when Bitcoin Twitter gets particularly spicy. Um, when you have volatility in either direction, people just are very excited or very sad. Uh, but it's, it's that flat, boring period where people just really uh, start going for people's throats. Yeah take the gloves off, start getting into it. Um, you do not have to participate, though. You don't even have to watch it. You can log off the bird app from time to time. Go for a hike. Yes. Uh, for thank you for the shout. Go for a swim. Is that what you're saying? I said a surf. I don't know. I was. I, I know you surf. like surfing. I like a surf. I haven't surfed yet this summer. It's actually eating away at me right now. Aren't you um, like 10 feet from the water right now? Uh, about three blocks, yeah, but yeah. it's it's hard uh, to get the the uh, the green light to go surfing when you have a six week old and a two year old in your house. It's your your six week year old doesn't approve. He always he always tells you, Marty, not not today. No, he actually whispers to me, "You should go, Dad. You should go." Go, and then I turn to his mother. I'm like, "Hey, he's saying I should go." And she's like, "Don't even fucking think about it." Let me know um, if you get. If you, t if you tell your wife that your son's first words were, you should go surfing. Oh, you just missed it. You told me I should go surfing. You said it. It was so clearly. <laughs> uh, thank you, freaks, for the shout outs. Weird Robot and our friends at the uh, Bitcoin Bush Bash out in Australia. Again, I hope you, anybody attending the Bush Bash has a great time. We love shout outs here. If you guys want to purchase a shout out, have it read on air as you learn today i will say penis and poo poo pp uh, we will not read ads so you can you can buy a shout out tftc.io slash contribute and now we are on to the software updates section of the show however before we get into the particular updates uh really liking the the show that you rodolfo and justin moon have been doing with bitcoin review you want to talk a little bit about that are you going to be week in and week out with that or are you just helping rodolfo get it off the ground 
I don't know. I mean, it it doesn't even have a set schedule. It's supposed to be like every two to three weeks. It's basically whenever Rodolfo feels like doing it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he successfully pressured me into adding software updates into this episode. So uh, <laughs> because because the whole reason he created the show is because he was like we weren't covering software updates enough. Um, but yeah. I mean, what I've done, I've done the first three episodes with, with Rodolfo. He pretends uh, that I'm not a co-host, um, but I am a co-host. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's fun. I, uh, I, I, I want to do, I want to do uh, the majority of, of civil dispatches uh, in person. Um, so. This is just a nice little. It's a nice. It's a. It's a nice little remote uh, conversation we have, and uh, we've done it three times so far. Well, if you guys are looking to get more in-depth technical details of everything that's going on in the world of Bitcoin and the apps that are being built on it and services that are being built for Bitcoiners, go check out the Bitcoin Review podcast, hosted by Rodolfo and maybe co-hosted uh, by our good friend Matt here. It's hosted by me and Justin, and we bring on our guest NBK uh, occasionally. <laughs> on to the software updates we have on this show right now. LMBits version 0.91 has been released, uh, as we have done in years past, but haven't done recently. Matt, you just stop me if uh, there's anything particular you want to talk about with these software updates. Start 9, Embassy version 0.3. Point one point one has been released. Uh, I know those guys are working on getting Whirlpool onto the Embassy uh, App Store, so be on the lookout for that. <laughs> Wasabi, Wasabi Wallet version two point zero point one point three has been released. Um, what what was the cash register? I don't know. It's a new soundboard button. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whirlpool getting added to Start Nine felt like a cash register moment. So it's I pressed it. Um, uh, last time I publicly spoke about Wasabi was on that previous show that you were talking about. And uh, I quoted uh, comments from their founder and former lead dev. And their social media manager proceeded to personally threaten me um, oh. and blocked me and called me a fraud on Twitter when I couldn't respond. Uh, so those are my only comments on Wasabi today, even though I added them onto the list. Who is their personal uh, social media manager? I mean, people know. People can look it up. I'm not gonna. I'm not right. gonna say go look, anything. But. Go look it up. Last but not least, on the uh, software update section of the show is LDK version zero point zero point one one zero has been released. Um, so this is Lightning Development Kit that uh, Spiral team has been working on at Corallo. Um, so that's been updated. If you're running LDK. Um, you can go check out the release notes to that. We'll include them in the show notes. Whew. Is there anything weaker than uh, talking shit about someone on Twitter while you have them blocked? No. There's a few things Very. weaker than that. Yeah. Um, I wonder if Udi's talking shit on us. He blocked me too. We wouldn't know. He blocked, at least we're blocked together. I don't know why he blocked us. I haven't. Man. I was I was worrying a little bit that you know you're just 
quietly behind the scenes just throwing me under the bus with all these people and they're just blocking me and they're leaving you open and having coffee and tea with you biscuits no they're blocking me too um maybe it was my last interaction with them where he was trying to call uh bitcoiners virgins and i just responded ha how many kids do you have and uh there's a big pronatalist movement it's weird weird to uh refer to to bitcoiners as as virgins considering i gotta work on the cash register soundboard i can't really figure out where it fits yeah, we're gonna have to figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's fit into the spots that you put it in. Um, no, it's just, that, was, that, that didn't fit at all. <laughs> uh, moving on, our, our good friend Alex Gladstein, uh, his latest piece in Bitcoin Magazine is on Fediments, which has been a hot topic on this show uh, over the last week, uh, and other shows. Matt did a spaces with the Bitcoin Magazine team and the team from Fedi. Last week, uh, as he mentioned, he was speeding down the road, so his connection wasn't that great. I had Obi, Eric, and Justin on TFTC last week. Uh, and um, here's more Fediment content. If you guys are interested in diving deep into it, uh, a couple of days ago, Gladstein posted this on Bitcoin Magazine, and it dives into um, how Fediments work, how Chalmian Mints work more more generally, um, and how they're being implemented in Fediment and uh, the um, thesis of the Fediment protocol team and the Fedi uh, app team that, that this could help scale Bitcoin to billions of people. There was a lot of people who got really uh, triggered by by the 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 fact that um, people think that Fediment and Fedi will be able to scale to, scale to billions, but um, I think even if it doesn't get to billions, it can get to quite a bit. Uh, you can get some significant adoption to, to maybe the, like a uh, humble hundred million or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like another like inviting topic. Uh, Fediment start a lot of hoopla as well. But um, again, that's the beauty of Bitcoin. Like Matt mentioned earlier, it's an open system that anybody can plug into and you can build things on. And, Fediments are one of those things that you're going to be able to build on Bitcoin, and you are you already can, but will be more prevalent um, towards the end of the year. And so, I'm excited to see the design landscape of things that can be built on Bitcoin expand with Fediments. Uh, and I do, I, I mean, I do think there is some merit. Obviously, um, uh, we've we've given a grant to Fediment, invested in Fedi. Uh, I think there's something here in terms of providing end users, particularly in areas um, uh, developing countries with a pretty sleek mobile experience to, to onboard onto Bitcoin quickly via an e-cash token and, and transact almost instantly and privately with, with others in their federation. Yeah, look, Bitcoin is an open network. Anyone can build on it without permission. Uh, the the ideal situation, in my opinion, for Bitcoiners is that we will have many different options available to us with many different trade-off balances chosen for those different options. Um, you don't have to agree with all the options. Uh, the key is that Bitcoiners have more options at their disposal. Um, and the second key is that those trade-offs are properly disclosed and made clear to the end user. Um, I've gotten shit on many times uh, in this space for finding uh, certain trade-off balances interesting. Um, 
particularly I've gotten shit on for for thinking that you know the trade-off balance that Samurai uses uh, for their product is a compelling trade-off balance. Ironically, a lot of people on the Samurai side have given me shit uh, for thinking that Fediments offer a compelling trade-off balance for certain users. Uh, so I'm in my happy place where as many people as possible in this space are angry at me at the same time. Um, that That's where I thrive, right? Right in that zone. So let's fucking go. Yeah, when everybody hates you, you know you're doing something right. Yeah, either that or you're a douchebag. It's one, one <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It's, uh, that is a good point. No, but again, option, like we've, I've said this many times, optionality is good. Like who, like who doesn't like more options? And again, you don't have to use every option. I think that's the most important part. Um, I mean, so like a perfect example here, and I think this gets lost. We've talked about it. We talked about it last week, but like what, what are Bitcoiners, out, not, on, not on Twitter, Bitcoiners using? Um, what, what trade-off balance are they choosing, right? And, and you see that you know, 99% of people are, essentially choosing custodians out of convenience. The number one thing that they care about is convenience. Um, and, and a lot of those custodians are KYC'd because most custodians become KYC'd over time. Uh, some of those custodians aren't. Uh, the, the notable example is Wallet of Satoshi. Um, so to me, Fediments is a way of increasing that status quo, you know, improving that status quo, making the most convenient option uh, private by default, making the most convenient option have less custodial risk than traditional single sig custodian. Um, but a perfect example was at the at the wonderful event that we had this weekend at the Beef Initiative event at Jason Reich's uh, ranch. I'm not going to say who it was, um, but there was someone there onboarding people onto Wallet of Satoshi. And I said, why are you onboarding people onto Wallet of Satoshi? And she said, because it's convenient, because it just works. Uh, and she's she's not wrong about that. But what are they? what is the result there? The result there is that the user is uh, doxing their full transaction history to uh, Wallet of is a centralized service, and they're at threat of getting rug pulled, right? It's a custodial service. Uh, so in that situation, you could imagine uh, those users uh, choosing to onboard with the Fediment instead. You'd get all the convenient advantages of Wallet of Satoshi, um, but you'd have privacy from the custodian. And you would have reduced risk of rug pull because it'd be a multi-sig custodian. You could even imagine a situation where multiple family ranches are the ones holding the multi-sig. Um, and those ranches essentially joining together in a community bank type of situation without burdensome financial regulation, without other third parties that have constantly fucked themselves over. And they're interoperable with every other fediment. So... I think this project's extremely promising. Uh, it is completely false. Anyone can fork it. Anyone can run their own Fediment. Uh, Feddy specifically does not intend at all, that company does not intend at all to run federated federation servers. They're not going to participate in it at all. That's a big difference, I would say, from Liquid, where not only does Liquid uh, not fully open source the server side, so you can't run competing federations, but Blockstream, uh, the, the main backer of Liquid, uh, is actually in... Is, is part of the federation and makes and is the one who receives any fees that get generated on liquid, even though there's no fees. Um, so I think it's a very promising project. And at the end of the day, maybe there is a little bit too much hype right now. Uh, uh, the, the positive argument for the hype is that it's an open source project and more ex- contributors that are excited about it that come in and, and help the team over there, help Justin, help Eric, help Obi build this out, the better. Um, but 
I will I will say that I am guilty a little bit of of getting very excited about this publicly. Um, I am doing it mostly so that they get more contributors, uh, but I, it does go it does go against my typical philosophy, which is we shouldn't really discuss things until there's a product out, until the project's launched and you can actually use it. Um, so I think it would be kind of nice if you know we we hit it with a lot of hype recently. It'd be nice if if the builders are in the background working on this thing and and we can reevaluate people's opinions on the on the subject um, once this thing gets launched and we can actually play around with it. Completely agree. Um, yeah, it seems like their target for that launch for Fetty that wallet specifically is Q1 2023. They're hoping. Potentially get it out earlier at Bitcoin Africa and Ghana. In December. You coming to Ghana, Marty? I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to Ghana. Okay, well, I I'm going to be in Ghana. Should be a show. Bitblock Boom. I've got Riga. I've got something in October. What do you have in October? You know, you're going to be there. Oh, oh not Bitcoin related. Yeah. Um, I, I have Bitblock, I'm tired of thinking about it. Bitblock, Boom, Riga, Amsterdam, El Salvador, Ghana. Now I'm going to sleep for a couple months. Yeah. I'll still do, do recap. I'll just wake up and do a recap and then go back to sleep. I think you travel more than anybody I know. I don't know how you do it. I suck at traveling in terms of actually being able to function. Feel that. What do you think of uh, Suzu and Kyle Davies giving a giving an exclusive interview to to Bloomberg? This, I mean, look, Bitcoin is ultimately a movement of personal responsibility, and and this interview was them trying to absolve themselves of personal responsibility, and it really, um, yeah. look, I'm not a creditor. I don't really care that, that much. Uh, I would never lend them money. Uh, I would never play in these DeFi games. I think uh, they obviously, their insane blow up that that lies at their feet ultimately, they're responsible for that. They were the managers of that money. Um, did did obviously have a negative effect on, on Bitcoin short-term price, but long-term doesn't really affect me. But if I was one of their partners, if I was someone who lent them billions of dollars, if I lent them, even if I lent them like fucking $25 for a sandwich... I'd be so fucking disappointed in them based on this article. I don't know what they thought this interview would do because if anything, it it made anyone who was working with them even more pissed off than before. Yeah. And it seems like the Bloomberg reporters uh, were trying to, not trying to make them look bad, but just didn't like edit. <laughs> really, they like included all the most brutal stuff, like, including awkward pauses. But yeah, they essentially were like, hey, they knew we were we were taking a lot of risk. Like this is par for the course. Uh, these types. They're of like funds. we lost money too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody knew this was very high risk. Like, no, you like truly believe in a super cycle. Suzu said that uh, he's like very humble. Like he wasn't like being extravagant or whatever. But meanwhile, he's got a yacht and like two, <laughs> two luxury houses or luxury apartment in a luxury house. Yeah, and he's claiming to be a creditor. Kyle Davies's wife. Is a creditor so for sixty dollars. Yeah, um, grifters. These these two individuals are grifters. They try to present themselves as 
the cognoscenti of the the crypto space and uh, were proven to to be woefully incompetent in terms of risk management. Um, that's the thing. Like, and again, going whether it be well, this whole three arrows capital and the contagion that it incited is just a painful lesson in the lack of due diligence that exists in not only the fund space, but the lending space as well. Like, um, I mean, uh, Celsius outright fraud Ponzi scheme. So I don't even think they were attempting to do diligence or were um, trying to put on a facade that they had a extensive due diligence team. But when it comes to like BlockFi, Voyager, uh, and other lenders who, who gave them hundreds of millions of dollars uh, with very little risk management on the due diligence side. It's in terms of the professionalism in the space, it's, it's not a good look at all to, to have these types of loans being given out to people taking this kind of risk. Like in the hedge fund space and the fund space for managing other people's money, there's a concept of value at risk, VAR, as it's commonly referred to. And if you're doing due diligence, like one of the questions should be, it's like, what are your VAR parameters? Like, what is the amount of value at any given point in time that you're putting at risk? And that should be relatively small compared to your overall assets under management. And it seems like they were taking all their assets under management and just putting it on red. Yeah, I mean, like personal responsibility goes in all directions here, right? Personal responsibility means that that the people that uh, lent to Celsius, that gave, that put their Bitcoin in Celsius, put their Bitcoin in Voyager, and these other these other bucket shops, like need to take some personal responsibility there. That that they made a decision that negatively affected themselves. Um, subsequently, Voyager and Celsius and those different uh, bucket shops that then lent out money. To three hours capital should be taking responsibility that that they didn't do proper due diligence and risk assessment, risk management when they lent out to three AC. And with three AC, like I would just like to see them say, "Look, we fucked up. We were over leveraged. We fucked up on the Luna trade. Like th- this is on us. Ultimately, we should have known better." Like I want to see that across the whole stack of people that lost money here, right? Yeah. Did you see? Uh, speaking of this, this. Just reminded me of a piece I wrote earlier this week. It wasn't very well written. The grammar wasn't that great. I don't know if it was a native English speaker or not, or just simply a. Oh, I thought um, you were talking to yourself. No, uh, uh, that's me too. But uh, or some third-rate investigator that was uh, trying to make a uh, made a conclusion. It was trying to prove that, but I mean the. Uh, the intertwining of 3AC, Genesis, and GBTC uh, is interesting. Like how much exposure did GBTC, or excuse me, not GBTC, but DCG, the parent company of GBTC, have to this? And parent company of CoinDesk, GBTC, Grayscales, GBTC, Genesis, a lot of parent company to a lot of companies. Yeah. And so the analysis um, basically dove into the issuance of GBTC shares and the timing of it lining up with um, loans and purchases, uh, loans that 3AC was taking out and then purchases of GBTC at the same time. And this investigative medium reporter was trying to say that um, there, there's probably a rock to be unturned in terms of uh, looking into DCG's involvement with all this. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see if anything comes to that. Could be a complete uh, bullshit thing, but just in case it isn't, we made you freaks aware of it here. Now, under broader macro stuff, that's all the Bitcoin stuff we got right now. Unless you um, you want to uh, discuss anything that that didn't put on the list. Nope, uh, you are correct. That is all the Bitcoin specific stuff. Yeah. Um, um, if you freaks want to drop out now before we talk about macro, I just want to leave well, you with Marty's favorite, Come Rocket. Don't leave. Why? Why are you assuming that the freaks are going to? We actually, I'm looking at it right now. The uh, the live viewers are going up. So, well, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on it. Obviously, big news of the week. Uh, Federal Reserve raised rates by 75 bips. This was seen as a dovish move by the central Isn't bank. Dovish? I say dovish, dovish, dovish. It's, it's 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 the bird, right? Dovish, yeah. Like dove, right? Yeah, it's like do you dove, see like, say, like if if a dove flies by, do you go like, oh, look at that beautiful dove? Look at that dove. It's a group of doves over there. Wait. Carlos is out in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, you're not going anywhere, let's be honest. Carlos, stick around. Uh, but no, 75-bit rate hike was seen as dovish. Uh, many, a couple of months ago, people were expecting a 1% rate hike, but considering <laughs> uh, unemployment numbers, housing numbers that have come in, it seems like the Fed is uh, beginning to reverse course <laughs> on their... Stop reading the comments on there. Uh, Gabriel said, "It's the Latin <laughs> pronunciation." Sorry, <laughs> it is the Latin. Um, so yeah, I mean, markets markets moved. Uh, Bitcoin went up, stocks went up. It seems like markets are pretty convinced that this is the beginning of a reversal in interest rate policy from the Fed. Um, so many are beginning to surmise that uh, the money printer may be coming on at some point later this year, early next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, with inflation um, running hot and um, the economy going into a recession, that's another topic that we have here at the end. Uh, it seems like the Fed is beginning to worry that they're having an undue influence over um, over markets right now. Want to want to take their foot off the gas pedal? Car has a why does Car have this tweet up? I don't know. Car, this is a troll tweet. Um, <laughs> I got so many responses from that. Like it's not my bad. You head. said you said inflation hedge, and then I went straight to it. So sorry, I had it up already. It's Marty's tweet that says that Bitcoin's up sixteen percent this month. It's a great inflation hedge. Um, Incredible inflation hedge. Incredible. It's important to forget that our net worth is down. Uh, what like sixty percent? Great inflation hedge. Uh, um. Yeah, we no, joke, so we joke, but Bitcoin should be an inflation hedge on the long on the long term. That is, it was never supposed to be a short term hedge. Yeah, uh, that's sort of the gist. That's sort of the gist of what I'm writing about right now. Is Marty? Don't you think like this Fed stuff is just like it's just bullshit? Yeah, it's complete bullshit. That's I mean, it's pretty relevant. It's definitely relevant because Bitcoin does seem to be responding with the rest of financial markets to this bullshit, but it's such bullshit. Like what, how long do I have to wait for a rabbit hole recap not to cover? Well, like 
eight people in a room decide to do with uh, a shit hyper policy when we hyper bitcoinize um, but like can i get an over under like are we still going to be talking about the shit coin in two years probably five that's, years maybe not that's a that's 104 more rabbit hole recaps where we're going to be talking about the shit coins monetary policy well technically these guys meet once a month so 24 <laughs> it will be mentioned and uh nah I, yeah i mean i it's weird to think i mean i've been a fed hawk since i was 19 so going on 13 years now uh, uh obviously at least you pronounce hawk correctly <laughs> <laughs> but it is no i mean you know I, I think back to when i first started following fed policy which was in 2012 2013 when janet yellen was the fair fed chairwoman and even back then i mean that's one of my favorite stories to tell on the show is I really went full bore into Bitcoin after a particular Fed meeting in which all the analysts were trading off the color of Janet Yellen's jacket, which was purple that day. Purple's a regal color. She's exhibiting strength. The economy is going to be strong. And currency markets literally traded off the color of her jacket. Uh, and at that point is when I got extremely orange-pilled. It was like, this makes no fucking sense. But like you mentioned... Uh, like it or not, these moves do still have undue influence on markets broadly, globally. Um, and I think in the context of uh, the amount of control that these central planners have on the the system right now, I think this 75-bit hike um, is a bit of egg in the face for Jerome Powell and crew. Um, they wanted to really step in and postured publicly that they wanted to be Volcker like uh, a Volcker like federal reserve board and, and really jack up rates to tame inflation. Um, and they jacked up rates. Many people would say late and then they did it to a point where it seems to be affecting uh, the economy and the labor market. And they're having to put their tail between their legs and reduce the pace at which they, they raise rates, which uh, is a sign of, of weakness, which is why I think it's important to bring up because these uh, Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve is losing control. It's losing uh, panache, uh, actual respectability uh, more broadly. And I think in the context of Bitcoin, that's actually a very good sign because um, that as people lose confidence in the Federal Reserve's ability to actually maintain the monetary system, that uh, bodes well for Bitcoin. They, they will have a, a Marty moment like I had in 2012, 2013, where I was like, this makes no fucking sense. Let me find something that does make sense. You know what makes sense? Uh, a distributed peer-to-peer -peer digital cash system where you can audit the rules and you know exactly what's going on at any given point in time. And you can be certain that certain things will happen at certain block heights and the, the network will, will uh, operate in a very predictable fashion. Yep. <laughs> I was I had a couple soundboard moments ready, but then you just kept going with rant and I wasn't prepared. Um, so here we are. But yeah, uh, look, obviously they have no control and uh, hopefully sooner rather than later, we won't have to talk about shitcoin monetary policy. Um, I'm yeah, recap. I mean, I mean, they're losing such control, which brings us to the next 
point on the list is that they're literally trying to def- redefine, I mean, not the Federal Reserve, but the current administration, what a recession is. I mean, I was taught, I studied economics in college. Ooh. And taught <laughs> as I, I'm an economist freak. So okay. Ooh, I, I want economics. You, I want you to refer to me. Year, as, you study economics in college, you really just studied fiat. So congratulations, Marty. No, exactly. It wasn't until I found the Nakamoto Institute that I was shown the way of Austrian economics. But no, even in you know, the Keynesian neoliberal textbooks, they teach you like, a recession is when you have two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. And it's just been very weird to see the Biden administration over the course of the last week and a half come out and so aggressively try to say that that is not uh, the definition of a recession and try to change the definition on the go. Did they change it? And my my buddy says the definition of anything uh, is Oxford English Dictionary decides what the definition is. Did they change it in the dictionary? I was seeing screenshots of the Merriam-Webster dictionary. and That uh, dictionary. That dictionary doesn't count. Oxford. Do they have a website? Dictionary. If my buddy's listening, shout out to you. I'm not going to give you a proper shout out. Because I also think the Oxford English Dictionary is a shit coin, but he strongly believes in it. It's less of a shit coin than the Merriam-Webster one. It's got a paywall. Yeah, because it's not a shit coin. You have to show some proof of work to access it. I would pay 10 sets to get access to the definition of a recession. Well, if one, of the, if one of the managers of the Oxford English Dictionary is listening right now, I consider reaching out and we could help hook you up with a lightning paywall. Yeah, we build it. We can, we can help you out. Um, yeah, it's just weird. The gaslighting is very perplexing. Do you believe uh, you're going to get angry at me? But like, have you seen the Joe Biden? Joe Biden's dead. He's just, they're just putting like CGI videos of him out. You think he's dead? I don't know. Um, Do you want to get on it? No, I don't want to. I bet you 5 million sats he's not dead yet. (laughs) I'm not betting 5 million sats. (laughs) He could be alive. One thing I will say, though, is a couple of videos that came out of him earlier this week, too, in the same day, where he's like not blinking and his face looks completely different. playing games. Uh, There could never be games being played. But I I mean, we've talked about deep things on him still being alive. (laughs) A humble father. Car coming up with the with the good Joe Biden conspiracies here on the screen. He does look a lot different, but he's also a lot older. So I mean, yeah, and 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 there's, I mean, everyone knows that that uh, presidencies age you like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you Biden. look before and after a presidents after eight years in the office. I mean, I know Biden hasn't done that, but he's also like one of the oldest presidents we've ever had. Um, like it destroys you. Yeah, Just I like said Biden, Barack Obama, like the Obama. First day of office, last day of office, side by side is pretty jarring. Yeah. It looks like someone put like an age filter on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So be aware they're changing definitions on the go. We're technically in a recession. Uh, what will be interesting to see is how inflation comes in next month. People are expecting it to be lower than the 9.1 print of June. So 
we'll, we'll figure that out. Even more than they're already lying about it and just make it lower. Like, I yeah. don't understand. Like, why don't they lie more effectively? Um, I will say, I will say that having our own president and his administration gaslight us about bullshit definitions and, you know, grandstanding against oil companies and all this stuff when we're clearly in a crisis as a country is extremely frustrating, but not surprising from our corrupt political class uh, that we see across party lines, period. Like they can all go fuck themselves. Well, another, another, they can all go fuck themselves moment that happened earlier today. I'm not sure if you saw this, but either President Biden or uh, the replacement body double that has been put in his, his place um, told President Xi of China today that they do not recognize Taiwan's autonomy as a sovereign state. Uh, big cuck move from the President of the United States there or his body double. Oh, shit, I missed that. I get all my yeah. corporate news from you. Um, yeah. So that was actually, a lot of people thought he was going to go there and be like, hey, we're the world police. Uh, we recognize Taiwan's autonomy as a sovereign state. And he went and said the exact opposite, essentially bending the knee to China. Um, well, we've called that for a long time. Um, there's literally zero shot that the U.S. steps in to protect Taiwan interests or any of our other allies, to be honest. Um, we're weak. The world knows it. Um, I don't even know necessarily where I stand on that personally in terms of interventionism world police stuff, but uh, the fact stands that promises were made and those promises will not be kept. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Minx agreement protecting Taiwan. Uh, you have Japan arming themselves now. Um, they should arm sad. themselves. Like, it's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Take some personal responsibility. I know that was part of the agreement after World War II as well, but... Um, that was yeah. Luke Roman had an interesting theory on the show last week in regards to that. I posited, oh, Japan's arming themselves. Maybe they don't believe uh, that the U.S. is able to protect them. And he said, eh, it's probably not that. It's more likely that they're going to be desperate for Russian natural gas and they're going to begin doing direct commerce with, um, with Russia for some of their commodities, energy and food. And the U.S. isn't going to like that. So in preparation for the finger wanging from the U.S., they're, they're bolstering their defenses. So they don't need to be dependent on us to protect them in case we try to use that as a leverage chip. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter how you cut it. Like sovereignty comes in many shapes and sizes for different entities. And ultimately, if you want to be a sovereign country, you have to be able to defend yourself. Otherwise, you have no fucking sovereignty. Same with an individual. Yeah. Yeah, and another interesting line from this meeting that Biden had virtually with Xi Jinping today uh, was that President Xi, President Winnie the Xi Pu, um, came out and warned Biden over Taiwan, uh, those who play with fire will perish by it. Um, so just sending a, a direct warning to the U.S., like, don't step in. And then Biden was like, don't worry, we don't recognize Taiwan's autonomy. Uh, you can very do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, it just pro- like you said, it just proves how weak we are right now. It's fucking... If you're going to threaten people, you should do it eloquently. Yes, you will perish by the fire. <laughs> if you raise fire. But again, like it's, it's extremely frustrating 
disheartening, embarrassing that the U.S. is in such a weak position um, that the leader of uh, a communist country that is enslaving people, committing genocide against a religious group they don't like, um, and essentially enslaving their own, their whole population with their social credit scoring system and their communist regime feels comfortable to tell the supposed leader of the free world that uh, we will burn you to death and you cannot recognize Taiwan's autonomy or you're going to have trouble. It's a very terribly weak position that the U.S. seems to be in right now. It's, it's sad to see as an American who would like to see our leaders fight for freedom um, and uh, actually stay true to um, to the ideals that this country was founded on just completely look like the weak doge dog um, is disheartening to say the least. Last but not least, uh, Ursula von der Leyen, who is the Did president you of the person was yeah, before this week. Yeah. She's the president of the EU. You don't know who the president of the EU is? Hand to God. I ducked duck goad her right before we went live because you added her to the list. Yeah. Well, the reason I added her to the list is again, talk about double speak, trying to change definitions um, in how these central planners are posturing to the public as they lose control. One thing that she, obviously, Europe's going, going to is in an energy crisis, the natural gas prices, same day natural gas prices in Germany is something like $2,200 in MCF right now, which is insane. Um, or, or a megawatt hour, excuse me, $2,200 a megawatt hour, which is insanely high. Uh, as Russia-Ukraine war continues, uh, as Germany um, idiotically shut down its nuclear power plants and a lot of its coal power plants, they're scrambling to, to get more power generation up, but it doesn't look like they're going to be able to do so in time for winter. Uh, but Ursula van der Leyen came out this week and said, hey, we're, we're making measures. They're essentially, again, going back to the central planning tip, they're deciding who can and cannot use uh, power generation throughout the economy. And they're saying that this is leading to energy security for all of Europe, which is just a complete double speak tactic. We're saying, hey, we're going to force you to use less energy so that we can be energy secure, which is just you're not energy secure and you have to use less energy because you don't have that security. It's a complete uh tongue twisting of logic and words to try to make people think that the situation is better off than it actually is. It's a terrible situation. Uh, it's only going to get worse. And um, you know, the fact that these bureaucrats are willing to go out there and so boldly lie to their constituents is, um, is fucking infuriating. I mean, I, I think uh, the positive spin here is, um, Current day Europe and you know government policy in Europe uh, will go down as a massive case study on how not to run an energy policy. Um, like people will be reading in the history books about what a miserable clusterfuck this all was, um, and hopefully our next generation will will basically learn from it, uh, similar to how we read about like the great famines in the history books. Um, we will we will read about. Uh, the great energy mismanagement 
of, of the 2020s and uh, hopefully learn from it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it seems like in Europe, they already are a silver lining uh, is that it does seem that the situation is so dire that they're talking about spinning back up some of their nuclear plants in Germany and beginning new construction on some, which is very uh, good to see um, them recognizing that this is a terrible situation and nuclear power is the way to get themselves out of it. Apparently, uh, some of the nuclear scientists in Germany said, yeah, we can spin these uh, shuttered power plants back up within months. So hopefully uh, there's a sense of urgency over there and they, they actually move to spin some of these shutter plants back up and back online. Um, that would go a long way to prevent um, uh, some suffering this winter. Uh, and then another thing that I found out, Doomberg wrote a piece this week. I began subscribing to his newsletter after he came on the show. And it's in, it like paid newsletter. Excuse me. Is it paid newsletter? Yes. Okay. Um, continue. Sorry. And um, the the whole greenwashing, the like, climate hysteria, hysteria movement are complete fucking hypocrites. Uh, so if you're not aware, a lot of the quote unquote renewable energy that is used in Europe is wood. It's wood pellets. And so what they're yeah, doing crazy, and they're shipping it from America. They're like yeah, they're cutting down our forests. Yeah, they're cutting down North Carolina and Maine forests. And shipping it across the ocean and saying that that's fucking renewable energy and they're burning it yeah. on their side. Yeah, wood burning creates more CO2 than like oil and gas. It's insane. And they're, they're calling it renewable. This, it's like 30% of their renewable energy mix. <laughs> it's not renewable at all. It's- <laughs> I love uh, Denver Bitcoin. Adam posted a video about this, which opened my eyes to it. And there was this one guy they interviewed um, who was like an American lumber guy. And I just, I'll, I'll never forget his response. He's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it justice. But he, he said something to the effect of, he's like, I'm not against burning our forest, but if anyone's going to burn our forest, it should be us. <laughs> oh, it's complete clown world. I'm not calling Pete clown world, but it's like these people are saying, you know, you can't use nuclear, you can't use gas, you can't use oil, you can't use coal. Uh, we're going to use this renewable energy tech called wood, uh, which is actually not renewable at all. We're just going to tell you it is, and we're going to make everybody feel good about it. It's completely, it's completely cutting down a whole forest over here in the United States to virtue signal, to allow Europeans to virtue signal. Like you said, yeah, we're going to be creating these wood pellets. They should be going to my trigger, not to uh, fucking uh, Ursula van der Leen's fucking house. Like, load them on a massive tanker, send them across the fucking Atlantic Ocean so they can be burned on a different continent and everyone can pat themselves on the back and say they got renewable energy. So yeah, it's definitely not renewable. Once those pellets are gone, they're gone. You're not going to be able to reconstruct What? Yeah, you can plant a tree. I mean, it's, it's fucking stupid. Well, dude, it, it, it's crazy, but I, I think at its core, you could probably say it's renewable. I mean, no, trees you can't. You cut down the tree, you burn the tree, you grow the tree. No. You well, it takes 30 years to grow the tree. And guess what? The biggest carbon sequestration, sequestration technology we have on this earth today. Or trees. Fucking trees. Once fucking again, trees. And you're once again, down. I'm saying it's batshit crazy. It's complete bullshit. But burning trees is 
by definition renewable because you can grow new ones. The whole concept, no, no, no. We're, now we're getting into semantic art. The whole, what, so renewable is, renewable is a marketing term. Nothing is renewable. Like the whole, they try well, to, what they try to paint, the English dictionary say for renewable. <laughs> well, they try to paint this picture in your mind, like renewable, like it's just this perpetual motion machine that is just going to keep producing no, energy. Like the solar, they say all oh, these solar panels, will, it's, you're taking it from the sun and you're, the sun is infinite, but again, the mechanism is not renewable at all. Um, and the sun is not infinite; it will explode at some point in the future if you. Uh, I, but I would say burning trees is probably at its core closer to the definition, the real definition of renewable, than all these other things, because it's literally just a. The things grow themselves, you know. Plant. Yeah, that's a good point. The question um, is like, are you burning too much? for growth rate or whatever. Yeah, certainly. But like you don't need to use like petroleum products or ship things around the world to grow a tree. Like I And that was part there's, of, there's all these trees out here behind me like they just grew themselves. Well, that was part of the Doomberg piece. He went back in history and basically cited uh the economic crisis that England went into like uh in the 1800s, I believe, right before the industrial revolution. And it was because they'd cut down all the trees in the English countryside and they weren't going to have like enough energy to facilitate their economy. And luckily, uh, that was right around the um, emergence of, as, of coal as a fuel source for industry. And they were able to transition to coal um, in a timely manner. But like, think about today, we have like something like 7 billion more people on the planet if you're trying to use that quote-unquote renewable wood pellet technology for today's population you'd cut down the fucking world's forest like, in, in like cutting down our forest. you're not even cutting down their own fucking forest you know i'm not saying that it's not batshit crazy i'm just i i will say that i'm very pro off-grid you know heating your home with a wood stove with the tree that's outside you know that's pretty yeah. badass yeah, no, I agree. And, I, and people think I'm like some solar, like all solar is bad. I think solar off grid for your house, like not depending on uh, the local grid, is a very uh, admirable and, and useful use case. Uh, just don't make it your whole fucking infrastructure. Can we launch a new show, the, like the Tree History Show, like the Tree Podcast or something, hanging on yeah. trees with Marty and Matt or something like that? <laughs> Kissing in trees, K I S S I N G. Yeah, young lark, impressive tree history, Marty. I've got good tree history. We have uh, Paul Smizanki in the comments saying, "Heated with wood, twenty plus years, haven't had to kill a live tree yet." Some trees have died. You haven't had to kill one, but somebody <laughs> had to. Paul, you're a tree murderer, Paul. <laughs> Remember that, Marty wants you to know. Yeah, Paul, you may not have cut down the trees, but somebody did. At the end of the day, you're uh, you're just abstracting a live tree. tree. She's burning dead trees. Okay. All right. All right. Trees do die. <laughs> they die themselves too. You don't even have to kill them. Uh, last but not least on the list, speak on the same pit <laughs> of just the insanity of the central planners of the world. Canada, I think I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, is dead set. Justin Trudeau and company is dead set on implementing a 30% reduction 
in nitrogen emissions, which directly targets farmers. Um, they're going to try and confiscate farmland and force farmers to kill off cattle herds to reduce nitrogen in the soil, which doesn't make any sense. I think nitrogen is like the most abundant um, uh, sort I'm looking for element that we have in the planet. Um, like even in the isn't it like the atmosphere like ninety eight percent nitrogen? Isn't carbon? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's nitrogen. Carbon. Yeah, it's. I mean, well, it, it, me and Mark, you both have PhDs in in chemistry. Is chemistry the thing we're supposed to have PhDs here? Yeah, in chemistry. So we we know best um, in terms of the makeup. Yeah, it's nitrogen. Approximately seventy eight percent of the atmosphere is nitrogen. The atmosphere, but what about everything else, Marty? How much percentage is the atmosphere of everything? That's a good point. Does the atmosphere even exist? Or is it yeah. just air? Is this the atmosphere right now? Is this atmosphere? <laughs> I don't know, dude. You're the camera. I'm floating in the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just I I'm uh, I'm on a I'm on a these people are evil, they're not incompetent to eat. Tip this can week. we stack nitrogen? Is there a way to buy nitrogen? Do they trade no. nitrogen markets? It's so there nitrogen. Uh, that's good. That's a good question. Nitrogen. I mean, nitrous oxide for like cars, right? Like N2O. Well, nitri- nitrous oxide is what people do whippets on, right? Uh, I'm not a big. I know they use it to like. I mean, that was a big thing. Like it's laughing gas, right? I'm not sure. Helium is laughing gas, isn't it? I don't know. Or helium no, gets helium is helium. Apparently, there's a helium shortage uh, as well. Um, well. Helium is traded. You can buy helium. You can stack helium. Yes. It's yes. hard to steal custody. You need a lot of balloons. Yeah, and CO2. That's actually the funny thing, too. Like, if a lot of bars and restaurants, they need to buy CO2 to run the taps uh, of their drinks that they're serving. And apparently recently there's been like a CO2 shortage in that market. Which is, Can't you just make CO2 from air? You just breathe. Yes. But I think there's other technologies incorporated into the facilitation of CO2 to, to bring you a beer at a restaurant. But no, I used to, I used to play paintball as a young tyke. And, yeah, CO2 tests. But they had machines that just pulled it from the air. They pulled, nitrogen from the air and carbon dioxide from the air, I'm pretty sure. And just pumped it. Like you'd go to Dick's Sporting Goods and they would just fill it up for you. Yeah. I was a Tipman 98 guy. Were you a spider guy? I take you for a spider oh, guy. I, I had a Tipman. Uh, I had a Tipman 98, but I also have the one above that. Uh, the A5. Oh. Oh, you're rolling with an A5. And then I had, I had, there was a point where I I got one of the like stupid expensive ones that just like it technically wasn't automatic, but you could just move your fingers so fucking quickly that it, was, it might as well have been. I forget. Yeah, I, think it was a sp- I forget spider that series. Was spider spider and Tipman were like the entry level stuff, right? So my entry level is on the Tipman side. I love paintball. Yeah. Paintball is good. We should do a Bitcoin or paintball thing. I'm in. Uh, me and him have been talking about this for years and never executed but like you do paintball plus beef steak uh, that'd be a lot of fun that sounds like an incredible time 
Couple it with the live RHR and boom, you got a summit in yeah. the making. Live from the uh, live from the paintball field. While people are like shooting each other, we're like ripping it in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be hilarious to be recording an episode of people just shooting us. We'd be like war correspondents without the war part. Yeah. Yeah, we... Oh, gosh. It's bringing back many memories when I lived in South Carolina. Those were my big paintballing days. And we were such idiots, like 12 and 13. We'd just play this game. We'd just call it, call it run across the lawn. And you just have one of your friends run across the lawn and everybody try and shoot them. Um, then, obviously, you go to the paintball field as well. I love how all, like, the the made-up games in our childhood, like, had horrible names. <laughs> that game, run across the lawn. Yeah. Um, but back to serious, like Canada trying to reduce nitrogen by 30% by attacking farmers in Canada is disgusting, especially after what we've seen going on in the Netherlands last couple months. Uh, it does, again, I was about to say it, we got distracted. I'm on a tip this week where I think these people are nefarious and evil and not simply incompetent, Like this, these specific moves to reduce nitrogen by 30% and doing it by culling livestock and taking farmland from farmers just doesn't make any logical sense. And it does seem like the Davos class, the liberal world order, the demons and lizard suits, whatever you want to refer to them as, are actively trying to, to harm people and depopulate the world. Uh, and the COVID, I mean, COVID vaccine numbers, dude, they're coming out, becoming very obvious that it's hurting people and it's just getting swept under the rug. And then you talk about gaslighting, you have Dr. Bricks and Dr. Fauci coming out and said, we never, like, Bricks said, uh, we knew the vaccine wasn't going to work. Fauci's like, I never recommended that we lock down the economy. And there's plenty of receipts where they said the exact opposite. So it seems like they're trying to save face, but the internet never forgets. Uh, I mean, a lot of people forget. The receipts. The internet, still- the internet doesn't forget. The internet's a big place, Marty. Like ninety percent of the internet forgets. It's just like always. Oh, <laughs> there's like a there's a strong ten percent that keeps the receipts. Yeah, and we have this weird, dirty, dark corner of the internet. I love this corner of the internet where the freaks mingle, where we dwell. I will say though that like I just do not have enough respect for these people to think that it's all coordinated. I think most of it's incompetence, and you know just some classic greed mixed in. Um, yeah, I, as you know, I go back and forth, and I'm on a nefarious, nefarious. I'm, the pendulum is swung towards. I think I mean, because you realize like, if it's all if it's all centrally coordinated and planned down to a T, like that's really impressive. Like you have to have respect in like a negative way for those people, if that's the case. Yeah. Props for props for due. You guys are very good at uh, coordinating a, a global No, they get no prop because most of it is incompetence. They can just uh, go fuck themselves. Yes. Yes, they can. Whether it's incompetence or nefariousness, it's incompetence, please just leave us alone. It's nefariousness. It's like, please leave us alone, but also... Uh, we have the receipts and there will be consequences for this. Um, you're being asked to read Agenda 2030. 
Have you read Agenda 2030, Marty? Yes. It came out in like 2001 or two. Originally. Has Guy Swan read it? Uh, he, if he hasn't, he should. What are you uh what are you doing in Colorado tonight? Anything fun? It's rainy there. We're in the middle of nowhere. I technically don't have there's no cell reception here. I'm it's the first time I've ever used Starlink. This Airbnb has Starlink. Does it work? Um, yeah, I mean it seems to be working pretty well. Uh the speeds are impressive. The dish is really small. Um I'm surprised the latency is really good. I'm very torn on Starlink. Uh but it seems like guys. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously with all ISPs, Starlink included, you're, you know, it's a it's a very trusted relationship. But like we don't have any good ISPs in America anyway. So it's like extremely low bar. Um it could be an interesting tool. It does change it changes the ball game a little bit. Yeah. On the individual empowerment side. Everybody I know has used Starlink is very impressed with the speeds, but yeah, at scale, Starlink gets there. The night sky is not going to look like what it has for all of human history. It's going to be some obstruction there with the with the uh, satellites. Yeah, I mean, I like, think there's a balance. Look, everything has trade offs. I mean, power lines fucking suck. Uh, cell phone towers suck. Uh, there's obviously massive centralization situation based on rolling out infrastructure, rolling out fiber lines. It's like not easy or great. Um, so everything has trade-offs. Uh, it's just good to have another option. I, I am I am pleasantly surprised by how performant it is. Yeah. Speaking of power lines, it's uh, power lines are the bane of my father-in-law's existence. We live on the block where all the power lines come through and it obstructs our sun, sunset view. Um, exactly. Once a week. Once a week, we get a comment like, ah, imagine if the power lines weren't here. Imagine well, that's that. why there's a strong argument that, like, you know, if you have solar or nat gas on your property, um, or even maybe some minor hydro, if you have like a strong stream or some shit like that, and then you mix it with Starlink, like, you can live off grid with a lot of the modern benefits um, without any kind of, you know, infrastructure that, that people have grown to rely on over the past few decades. So I feel like it really does open up off-grid uh, to people, spe- specifically people who, you know, work remotely. Yeah. I have a couple of friends um, in rural areas in Tennessee, Montana. They they actually like need it to actually be able to get a, a respectable internet connection with speeds that are demanded in our modern day economy if you want to work remotely all right you're over there did i rant too much this week no it's fine last week was better uh, <laughs> this, last week was like a high quality rip last week was a very good fucking rip i enjoyed it there was something i was gonna say that I forgot that I'm going to remember as soon as we finish. We got to get the booster grams. We had our biggest booster gram yet. So it would be a shame if I missed that. Yeah. Go, try, to, try to remember to what you're talking about. Uh, and I do think those booster grams are fountain only. I had freaks say that they sent in boosts from other places that 
that are invisible on Fountain. All right, by the way. I do remember we'll one week out. they were pulling it all in. Oscar, if you're listening. We should what just reach Oscar. I should have done that. I forgot to do that. Uh, read what? Oh, I remember what I was going to talk about. Uh, I'm not allowed to say... I'm not allowed to. Uh, me and a few people have been working on some things since Norway. Um, our buddy, our buddy Hoddle Knot, uh, is very humble and uh, holds himself to a very high standard. So he's not one to outwardly ask for help, but he's been having a lot of issues uh, in terms of lawsuits. Um, from a certain someone who's pretending to be Satoshi. Uh, so there is going to be some things that are going to come up uh, in terms of helping out Hoddlenot, helping out our boy uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, if you're interested in helping in that regard, um, first of all, keep paying attention to these channels. We'll talk about it in Rabbit Hole Recap next week as well. Um, the plan is to do something big in like the second week of August. Uh, but uh, if you want to help out in a larger way, uh, consider reaching out to me in my various channels. Um, you can have all that, all that, all my contact information is at mattodell.keybase.pub or mattodell.com. All my contact information is there. So if you're interested in helping out in that regard, uh, reach out. And if you're interested in donating and supporting in less ways just pay attention to these channels and we got some big things planned for like three weeks from now stay strong hot or not i know what you've been dealing with is particularly annoying and stressful not only annoying but very stressful and as matt alluded to capital intensive which is so fucked up uh, but we're not going to give that guy any more attention than he needs uh, to the boostergrams, biggest boostergram on RHR to date, I believe. So shout out to at Pitar, two hundred and fifty thousand sats. Uncle Marty and Uncle Matt can bring you to water freaks, but you're going to have to take a drink yourself. SHSS, stay humble, stack sats. Plebs, Polly on set. Oh, excuse me, at B17 boosted us fifty one thousand sixty nine sats. Nice. Um, Plebs, no. polyunsaturated fatty acids are hydrocarbons with extra steps. They want you to eat hydrocarbons rather than burn them. Vegetable oil is in research as an alternative fuel. Do your own research. Sats and saturated fats. Thank you, Marty and Matt, for killer content. Also, do not eat the bugs. I co-signed that message. Do not eat the bugs. Did you see Robert Downey Jr. was on a Stephen Colbert show eating bugs the other night? trying to did you, did you see the new South Park? Uh, no. The streaming wars. Is it on Paramount now? Is that the one on Paramount? Yeah, so like they signed a nine hundred million dollar exclusive deal for five more seasons plus fourteen full length films on Paramount Plus. Um, and I think they realized what kind of bullshit it was. So like their first feature length films on there is about like how fucked up like the streaming wars are, and they call it streaming wars. Um, <laughs> but it's a really cool intermix of like commentary on on the current streaming landscape and like the, the broken incentives mixed with like the ridiculous situation of water rights in Colorado. Cause they're from Colorado uh, mixed with a uh, bunch of celebrities that formally endorsed crypto telling people to drink pee. 
Um, as it, it reminded me of eating the bugs. It's like they, they took it a step further. Don't just eat the bugs. Also, drink, drink some urine while you're at it. Hey, it's the best way to hydrate yourself. The yellow stuff, especially. No, I mean, yeah. I, now, uh, I've held off on Parrot. Like, yeah, there's too many streaming services. Bifurcated. Well, you know, I think it would be most fitting if you watched it via torrent. Uh, but okay. I'm not necessarily saying how I watched it. All right. I will, uh, I will look for the torrent. Thank you for that tip. At user 928626461873396. Send us a 50,000 sat boostagram. May all the 400 rabbits find the right hole to group and gather the energies necessary to navigate the circumstances. I believe they have. Peace. Cheers. Big cryptic. Big cryptic. What, the 400 rabbits he said? Yeah. No, that's because two rips ago we had 400 rabbits was our the mezcal that the freak from Mexico brought us. Ah, um, it's ciento. Uh, God, what's the word? Yes. <laughs> um, thank you. User 928-626-187-3396. At the best is face when he realizes he goes down a route where he's like, fuck, I don't know. Just <laughs> Uh, Auburn Citadel back to give us a boost gram 49,490 sats get boost in freaks um, thank you for uh, for cracking the whip on the freaks there Auburn underscore Citadel uh, yeah that's the boost grams for the week top four if you guys are participating in the value for value contributions to this show thank you we uh, are extremely flattered that you're getting value out of this show and decide to send some back to us in the form of sats over the podcasting 2.0 network. We appreciate um, you freaks. Yeah. It's the reason we come back week after week. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think that was the biggest uh, boost week we had, um, in rabbit hole, uh, recap history right there. That was, uh, 450,000, almost half a million sats there in the top four alone. Appreciate you freaks. Means yeah. a lot. Um, if you don't use a podcasting 2.0 compatible wallet yet, um, go to is it podcasterwallets.com? Podcastwallets.com? No. no. No, that's like the administration website. Newpodcastapps.com, I think. New podcast apps. There's Fountain, there's Breeze, there's Podverse.fm or a Podbean, Pod I think. Curiocaster. MP.money, Castomatic, Breeze, Sphinx, Boost CLI, Zion. Um, and that you were correct. Newpodcastapps.com. If you want to go check all that out. Car has it up on the screen as I'm reading it in another tab. Um, you go enjoy your time with your lady in that f- far off. That's not really far off, but it is secluded in that secluded area of the world that you find yourself in. Cheers to you, Marty. Cheers to you, freaks. Cheers to you, cars. Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love.